E, at any point, Andres, if I call you Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, I apologise profusely. If I do it once, <laughs> let me get away with it. Um, but Steve Steve will be taking notes. And uh, what Steve does afterwards is he gives me a rundown as to how the podcast went, and he'll tell me, obviously. So if everyone is ready, okay, shall we uh, get this uh, fine podcast underway? All good. <laughs> I'm feeling really bad now because I'm looking really, really embarrassed by the red carpet treatment. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, welcome, welcome, it's welcome. humbling and embarrassing okay, at the same time, yeah. <laughs> well, well, we'll make those conclusions when we see how it goes at the end of the podcast. So uh, <laughs> welcome, everyone, uh, to the Carpet Teaks podcast number four. Uh, joined today by uh, Steve McMahon and George, uh, TCB admins and our special guest today, um, if you don't already recognize him, um, you've probably been living under a rock. But our guest today is Andreas. So would you just like to introduce yourself, Andreas, um, where where you're calling from? Um, and then we'll take it from there because we have a lot of questions lined up for you, young yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. My name is Andreas. I live in Switzerland, do um, car care related detailing videos for a German channel on YouTube and also do... Um, Sonix Detailing Academy Switzerland trainings, also detailing related, of course. Fantastic, fantastic. Now, a lot of people, um, if you mention your name, probably think you're German, but you were born in Austria, living in Switzerland. You went to, this is where I've been, you went to the University of Zurich. What did, what did you study there? Because most people want to get to know you as a person. We'll get onto the juicy detailing yeah. stuff in a minute. But what, what degree did you do? Okay. Business administration, and, then, and I finished a degree. Um, it's called the Master of Arts in Business Administration. That's what I finished. Yeah. And you still you're still involved with the sort of academia as well because you run. Um, is it Uniboard, which is a, is sort it sort of, of a exactly. forum to still do that? Yeah, if yeah, it's basically a forum. So from from a technical perspective, um, on on a more general level, it's an online student platform on which students from Swiss universities can register and then they share information, answers, questions, old exams, summaries. They sell their old books to new students. They find flats and they find job offers. So that's my main job. And that's actually what I earn money with. Fantastic. So the, de the detailing is just a hobby, is it? <laughs> I, I wouldn't say it's a hobby anymore, but um, it started out as a hobby. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. I think we can Steve probably all Jordan. relate to that. We can, yeah, we can definitely yeah. all relate to that, can't we? So, so where did you go from? You finished university um, and you've kept sort of in that, that world, providing support for the students, et cetera. But yeah. what most people really like to know is how did you get in? What was the embryonic stages of you getting into detailing? Have you always had an inherent interest in cars? Because you've gone yeah. from a student to being quite a um, well-known name in the industry. So what was your journey in the early days? Yeah, it's, it's, it's exactly how most of us probably got into it. 
Um, I was a car guy from an early age on, um, and then lost it a little bit during my studies and um, in the first stages of the founding of our company, but then got back to it when I got myself a new car. It was a Mercedes C63S Estate, a beautiful car Ooh. with one major flaw. It had matte paint. It was right. beautiful yeah. to look at, but um, I panicked when I bought it because I heard horror stories. Don't touch it. Don't wash it. Don't run it through automated car washes. You will ruin the paint. And then I started researching. And that's probably something that got indoctrinated into me um, during my studies at the University of Zurich. But also, I think that's that's one thing I'm very good at. I don't stop after page one when I start researching something. So I got really into in deep into the detailing with i watched all youtube videos i could find i read a lot in forums mainly detailing world but also the german ones and what i found was a lack of information on matte paint that was basically what got myself into because then i'm a rather critical thinking skeptical and test-driven person i thought to no myself, you're not you're not you're not are you <laughs> <laughs> everyone I, was sorry andres everyone was thinking it we'll come back to that <laughs> i thought to myself um well there are specific products for matte paint but are they really necessary and that's when i started testing and because i saw a lack of information i started to share those testing results i used regular car shampoos instead of the matte ones i used gloss enhancing shampoos um, to look if, if I get glossy paint. I used all kind of LSPs, so protective products, and I shared those results. And that's what got me into detailing as a topic, as a hobby, and that's what ultimately got me into testing for the German YouTube channel as well. That's really interesting, actually. Steve, Steve that, that must resonate almost with your story, doesn't it? Because you were doing it, you fell out of love with it, and then you came back into it again, didn't you, Steve? Yes, um, that's exactly. I actually left. I don't know whether Andrew knows. I'm not going to go into too much detail, but yeah, I left school and trained as a mechanical engineer and done an apprenticeship and went to Oxford. Um, I'm not going to say Oxford University, Oxford uh, College, and trained as a mechanical engineer, as in bench machining, turning, welding, fitting, panel beating, done all of those, um, and sort of fell in love with it uh, and want to explore further. Dad was in construction. Dad said, "Don't go into construction." So what did I do? <laughs> I finished. I went into construction. <laughs> but when I went into construction, that allowed me, I'd like to say, the finer, better vehicles, bikes and vehicles. And that was it. That was that was, that was was my love of it. In there with um, buying Ford Cosworth, uh, Escort RS Turbo with black paint, no lacquer. So we know how that went. And like you, I fell into the rabbit hole and just couldn't help myself. Sort of, yeah. then I went into it professionally in... Um, working for a company that looked after multiple Formula One teams uh, were painting and, and prep and, and all of that. And then fell out of love with it and then fell back in love with it when I'd gone through my day job in construction, shall we say, with company cars. Um, sort of fell out of love with it because it wasn't really mine. Come out of that, bought my own vehicle again and, uh, and here we are and off we go. But one question I had just off the back of what you said, did I just hear right that you bought a Mercedes C63 AMG S estate. It was leased, first but car. yes. No, 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 not the first car. <laughs> Second. My first car was a VW Golf GTI, the Generation 5. That was my yes. first car. Nice. That's I, I actually, I, 
I finished school um, and my parents gave me a choice of they will buy me an old Volvo 440 or if I want something else, I have to go to work. And that, it wasn't their plan that I actually started working and then bought myself that golf. So Good <laughs> that was my first car. Can I, I just gonna... go back onto that, Andreas, just quickly? Sorry, George. So you're telling me like the black RS Turbo sort of set me off. The Mercedes was what set you off on this. You'd had a couple of cars previous, but that was the car that, that set, set me off in detailing. Spinning. Yes, exactly. Perfect. Yep. Thank you. Sorry, George. Yep. Wow. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, when Stephen said first car, I thought you were going to say previously a drug dealer being your first car, but obviously not. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, Matt Paint, is it as scary as people think? No, it's actually quite the opposite. No. It is rather resistant, actually. Mm. There, there are just there, there are two strict rules which you should... There's one strict rule and one so-so strict rule. Don't use anything that fills, but that's that's... That's mendable. Let's say if you if you apply a wax, it's mendable, and don't use abrasives. If you use mm. abrasives, you're pretty much fucked because then you're looking at a repaint. And yeah, depending on which and depending on which make and model you're looking at, Mercedes dealerships, to my knowledge, have the clear instruction to always paint the whole car new. You are exactly right. Because you, you cannot because panels. you cannot spot repair matte paint because it starts with a degree <laughs> of madness, which then automatically, yeah. because you drive and wash it, reduces its madness, and then then hitting exact that matte level with the repaint is not possible. That's why they always paint the whole car, and that's expensive. Very we weren't meant to get into detailing right to the end, but George is straight in there, straight in there. George gave me loads <laughs> of questions. So I was, I was going to say, listening to Andreas and, and Steve's stories, um, I don't know if you you look at Steve's work, he, it resonates. Um, Steve is very much a writing everything down person as well. He's very um, objective. You know, it's all about hard facts. It's that scientific approach yeah. to detail and not throw away lines and all that kind of stuff and indeed i think we were talking earlier address uh, you and steve both did the um pro detail magazine graphene mega test as well didn't you exactly um yeah. which, which was which was quite a and we were talking about like i said earlier quite a brave thing to do because you're given two pots of wax that could be the same and you've got to say blindly whether it's a natural ceramic or graphene infused wax um just yeah. just quickly how, how did how did you both um, sort of get on with that process because I've seen I've seen both reports and I've seen your video, Andres. How did you did you find that a challenge? Did you enjoy it? Did you like the blind testing, or or did you find it a bit nervous as to we could be found out here? We could Ooh, get it I wrong. Think that kind of I was nervous at the beginning, but then I t told to myself, well, just <clears throat> do what you always do, which is thorough testing. And you don't really have to fear anything. If, if you feel there's a difference, you can tell it. If you feel there's no big difference, then you can also tell it. Um, yes, you, you open up yourself when you do such blind tests for, for criticism and a catastrophic result. Because if you say they're the same and they're not, or vice versa. Um, but at the end, yeah, I think the, the, the results which were published were pretty much the same for all the testers they found there isn't yeah. that much of a big difference yeah did you get that yeah, same fun. result steve did you feel the same steve yeah to be fair for for what i do um uh, generally a hobbyist or a massive enthusiast somebody who's you know really passionate about it i was worried stepping up on on a big stand and i know bert and the team there quite well um when i was invited in yeah i really was nervous you know i'm i'm, I'm being tested 
Um, now it happens every week. I'm literally tested every week by brands to send me stuff. Tell me what you prefer and why. Um, I, I, and I love that side of it. But you're right. When I see the list of people as well, when they set up a Facebook group, you know, there was yeah. Specky and Andreas and all these yeah. sort of people. I'm thinking, these are big names. You know, I do not want to get it wrong. And all I could mm. do was be as thorough. But they were quite, we were we were given free reign, which is what I liked about it. And I went off on a tangent of putting loads of graphene products to compact with those. Then I thought, well, do you know what? I've got a whole side of a Volkswagen Transporter. Why don't I see how the ceramics hold up against the, the graphene? So that's what I did, right or wrong. But for me, massive eye-opener and one I would love to do and hopefully will be doing again soon. You know, other mega testers. Mm. I think you did it. It was, it was interesting for me because um, the, the Pro Details magazine is really huge in the UK, but, uh, but almost no one knows it in the Germany, Austria, Switzerland region. It's really not that well known. So it was a, a huge honor for me um, because I got involved rather early in, in some of the UK detailing groups on Facebook. Um, but it, it, wasn't a, it wasn't something big in our German community. What I found interesting is Steve um, did comparisons with graphene waxes, but you deliberately didn't do that, did you, Andreas? Exactly. I think you talked, exactly. talked about it on the start of your video that you deliberately yep. didn't go down that route. Yep. And I think that's what enriched the whole results to see how different people. And this is the fundamental thing about creating harmony in the industry. Everyone does things differently, don't they? They've got their own ways of yeah. doing it. Um, and, and I enjoyed seeing that. I mean, you, you touched on Germany there, and it's, it's just a question that sprung to mind. It's, it's not written down or anything. Um, the perception in the UK is German engineering made in Germany, your Porsches, your Mercedes and all that kind of stuff. The British generally think that German engineering is good. Um, if you look at detailing brands like Sonax, Koch Chemi, um, I think Nanolex and Menzerna are both made in Germany. I naturally see made in Germany, I, and I think they're going to be good. I mean, are. Is there a similar concept? What's the European, the German, Austria, Switzerland sort of perception of UK detailing brands? Do they, you know, be quite honest, is it, do they have a similar perception or are they more support their homegrown sort of uh, detailing products? Um, do you understand the question? I understand the question. It's always hard to give like a, an overarching answer mm. to those types of questions because I can only tell you how, how I see it. For me personally, I think that German brands and German detailing consumers have a really strong focus on product performance, objective, cold, hard product performance and value for money. And I always had the feeling that the UK is a bit more emotional about the whole thing, mm. which probably has to do something with the fact that you can wash your cars on the street or in your garden if you want to. And in Switzerland, Austria, and Germany, you are not allowed to. We have mm -hmm. to wash yeah. our cars at places which are meant for that and equipped for that because otherwise we get rather strict fines. Mm. Um, I think that's already a factor which is a massive difference between those two markets um, and which then translates into other things. But as I said, that's a generalization because there are people with, with, who are extremely emotional about the whole topic here oh. over in central europe as well so yeah we'll, we'll definitely that, Andreas, sorry Andy. Go, on. go on steve i just wanted to touch on one of my questions i wrote down i've actually heard that you can't use or wash your vehicles at yep. home yep. um could you just elaborate for me personally 
Why is it not allowed? Is that in Austria, Switzerland, and Germany? Is that it's legislation? Throughout? It's legislation. It's based on environmental factors. So because they, it's not necessarily the chemicals, but but that's also um, one part of it. It's because they think that you wash stuff off your car, which then can sink into the the ground and then um, contaminate the ground there. Mm. So it's just on, on that. Those. So you have a um, an Austrian, Swedish, German. Uh, car wash center do you pay uh, this is i know a silly question but do you pay by the hour can you spend an hour in that booth uh no problem at all or is there multiple no, booths no, we have, we uh, have, now we have the same places as you have with the um catcher machines um where you go you you throw in your your pennies or your euros or your cents and then you have a certain amount of time you usually use up like between 10 to 20 swiss francs or euros um, to do a whole car routine, and that includes the contamination, wheels, wash, and everything. But you can do that all there while you're there. So you you, you take the product. You can to you can wash you can just go there and try it. Some of the owners of those places will then um, drive you away because you're spending too much time there and spending not enough money. Um, some of them tell you that with your chemicals that you are using, they are too aggressive and you're ruining their machinery. Um, but usually if you ask them before you start doing it, most of them are fine. But it's 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 a real hassle to find a place where mm. you can actually detail cars. So you can yeah. go and clean your car there, but then you must get in your car and take it home to finish it. Use a QD, yep. a wax, or whatever yep. it may be. Exactly. To yep. do the final um, dressings, let's call yep. it. Didn't know yeah, that. and 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 that's one aspect I never understood why there wasn't some guy or some company who finally started a a franchise system where they offered like detailing booths to oh. to people like us, or yeah. like you can you can rent them hourly and then do all the stuff you want there. That there isn't such a place. Wow. That must hurt the industry, though. The passion that people have, if they're limited to what they can yep. do, it must yep. really affect it. And I imagine I could be wrong with this. I'm assuming, but the detailing scene over there is quite is smaller than here because it's it is. So I would say it is. It is growing, but it's definitely smaller than in in the US and and in the UK. Yeah, definitely. So can I? So that's why. Could you pay to have one of these installed with a you know a silk pit at your property to? You know, recycle um, the product. You could, you could, but then you're looking at probably twenty, twenty-five thousand euros. Wow! Yeah, yeah. really. <clears throat> so, how come there's such a vast range of products and so outstanding products? Don't forget the professionals. That's it. Yeah, you have yeah. all the professionals, and you, of course, have all the dealerships where all the brands like Sonax, Koch Chemie, etc., are rather huge. So, could a because professional? That's, that's, yeah, because that's the other thing in, in on the professional side in Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. I think we have stricter regulations and stricter rules in regards to the chemicals, um, environmental issues, and also health-related issues. We have stricter rules. So, so, for example, if if you wanna if if you run a dealership and you have um, employees who clean their cars. You have to have all the material safety data sheets of everything you use. Um, you have to have like papers which instruct the employees on how to use them properly and what to do if you get the chemicals into your eyes, etc. And there are not many companies which can deliver all of that. Mm -hmm. And just quickly, 
so if you were a professional, you yeah. still can't turn up as a, a mobile professional to go round no. to a property and no. clean it. How, no. you how can, does that you can, work outside you, for a detailer then? Mobile detailing is almost inexistent in our oh, countries. Wow. It's almost inexistent. Yeah. So they have what, to what, have a shop with a yeah. silk pit and yeah. everything else, and, and like even, what you show on your YouTube channel. Yeah. And even if they have a shop, most of them have a shop, but they don't have a dedicated washing space. So what a lot of them do is they buy like huge mats where they can put the cars on. Then they suck up the, the water that they used and then they dispose it at the correct facilities for that. I think we're very, very lucky in this country, aren't we, Steve, then, you if are. that's the case? Because I, I wasn't aware of any of that. Um, that that's, that's a really, really... Um, yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd heard I like it. it. I like it. I like it from an em yeah. uh, environmental protection point of view. But um, mm. I think we're, 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 we have the odd hosepipe ban in this country. But um, no, really, really interesting. Are you are you happy, Steve? I, I, you're really getting into this one. You're in shock, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I sort of knew that already, um, but I didn't realize that it was that far throughout mm. the magnitude. Yeah. I assumed yeah. that they would have professional detailers that could be mobile that had a restriction on yeah. their chemicals which were a safe class let's take it uh with their msds sheets and that they could go to properties and do it i didn't i'm surprised yeah. that there's such leading companies within you know europe that with these fantastic brands yet yeah they're not used you know as readily as what we would mm. yeah uh, I, i'm yeah shocked yes <laughs> yeah in a good yeah, to the owners of the cars as well. Big respect to them for because some of the um, more sure cars, if you will, the standard that they are at is fantastic, and to have to do it somewhere else really puts that into perspective. Yeah. Right, we're going to get to the juicy stuff now. Okay, we've had twenty minutes of talking nicely <laughs> with Andreas. Okay, it's 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 it's, it's time. So, um, I, I've, I've be you're you're a busy busy man, Andreas. Okay, you do your Slimball the Sonax Detailing Academy videos on YouTube. I watched them today. Uh, you're still doing the master um, training at Sonax yep. itself. Um, the Detail Freak um, blogs. Uh, watched loads. I want to come back to them um, because we see you posting a lot of those blogs on, and we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a chat about that. And obviously, the Detailing School on YouTube. If you haven't seen that. Um, I'm not sure if they're in English, okay, but um, some, 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 yeah, very few, but some videos video I did in English. I hope we get more in English. I, I hope you get more on YouTube. I would love is, it. It is. I've already I told mean, him, Steve. I've already said you're going to ask him to put in, do English. In, YouTube. in this circle, I mean, everyone, every single one of you knows how how much effort and time it is to do one video. Yeah. Multiply that by two for doing mm. it in two languages. It's it's yeah. almost impossible. Pan the organizer does it. He does it in is it French and English? I think. Uh, not all of them, but some he does in some French. Them, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think he does a talk over. He does he does them both? Doesn't he? Guy from Hungary does both. Okay. Oh, oh is it the, um, it's the one where he does a lot of ASMR, isn't it? From memory. Yes, that's that's, that's a different story. Your ASMR is by nature multilingual. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose. Right. Yeah. I'm firing in the questions now. Okay, so um, one thing that a lot of people will see um, and read Andreas is, is his reaction to certain types of questions. And I'm going to, just, <laughs> I'm going to throw the question out here. Um, and, and because of um, Andreas's reaction and how he deals with it, um, we've actually made the Car Boutique a 
banning zone for asking these very questions because I'm totally <laughs> on board. Well, where are you? So, so the, uh, I'm just going to run. What is the best shampoo? What is the best wax? What is the best ceramic wax? The what is the best questions? Um, didn't used to wine. I'm going to I'm going to um, ask Andreas um, what he thinks about those questions. I think we already know, but I'm going to I really want to nail into for five minutes really why people ask those questions. What are they really asking? Because they're not asking. We'll talk about that. So, Andreas, you're passionate about the best questions, and you, yeah. you answer them in your own way. You give them an answer, yeah. but then you destroy the question and then give your <laughs> own answer. So it's a very clever way of responding. So, your thoughts have, on the best questions? <laughs> we, there's a bit of a history there, um, and I think I toned it down um, over time because when I started involving in those groups, um, I was I was more aggressive about those questions because. My feeling is the only reason they ask those questions is because of laziness. All the information you need is out there. It's readily available. All you have to do is type in best car shampoo into Google and you get all the information, all the tests, all the reviews. And the only reason someone asked that question is because he's too lazy to do the homework himself. That's that's how I felt in, in the beginning. And I think people looking for a shortcut and um, I, I answered those questions rather aggressively at the beginning. And now I'm doing it, as you said, in, in a more elegant way, I would say. I give yeah. them recommendations on products that I feel are safe bets, which are good across a whole range of characteristics. And then I try to give them knowledge in order for them to being able to answer those questions themselves or to others in the future by educating them that every single product in detailing is inherently compromised. And you have to know about those compromises, the relevant characteristics, and then you can make educated judges. Yeah. They are massive education pieces. And like I said, I think you answer them quite well because you maintain their interest by giving them the short quote, essentially useless answer. They're your words. Yeah. Um, and then you go on to the full education pieces and, and, and actually justifying why you're going on to answer the question exactly. in the way you exactly. are. Um, and it's, I guess it's... where it comes. Sorry, Andy. Mm, go on. No, go on, Steve. I guess where it comes is to say when you read that, if you've got an unhealthy obsession or a passion or an enthusiasm like we are, you can see where Andreas is getting that sort of that sort of side of it from. But when you read into it, knowing what I know now and still learning, I don't know everything, um, and I never pretend I will. I can read into it and get everything that I need out of it. But I guess it puts a lot of people off, especially where we are yep. with TCB. We actively want no, no, no. We actively want people to ask questions, but mm. not be afraid to answer them. And I believe I don't believe the way Andreas is being aggressive is maybe sometimes the way it's worded might come across as aggressive, but the way I look upon it now, knowing what I know, is a very, very detailed and very knowledgeable person's answer. Um, yeah. And that's where it comes across for us. But I guess with TCB, we, I'm not saying we don't want people to ask the best, but we try and answer in a softer way. That's what we yeah. try and do. Yeah, um, guide them, isn't it? More of a guidance, yeah, because I've done the stuff with, and there's more coming with, you know, Steve Field, friend of mine with the transporter scene a lot of guys in lockdown but thousands hundreds of thousands of people bought transporters within lockdown and because of that it's opened up a whole new world this detailing world to those type yeah. of people so i answer probably 10 15 maybe 30 questions a day sometimes yeah and i wish sometimes i had a copy and paste answer but i can't <laughs> because there's too many variables 
I'm mm. not working on your paint with your color. Is your driveway south facing? <clears throat> Are you by a building site? You know, yeah. as you said, there's too many variables. And I like the way you just, sorry, Andy, for taking it. I like the way that you said you've given 11, a level plateau of ones that you know are trusted and that, and that work. Um, so, yeah, and I, and I also found that by, by being aggressive about it, I don't get to people. They, they automatically shut down. They, they built their walls and then I don't, I don't achieve what I want to achieve, which is giving them yeah. knowledge in order to, yeah. to answer those questions themselves. You're a lot more approachable, I would say. And the, the good side about what we're doing now with the TCB or this, you know, going to go onto YouTube is you can actually see your facial expression. You know, you're a warm, friendly guy who's yeah. obviously got a lot of passion. Yeah. Um, and, and this for me is going to be perfect for people to see that because on Spotify, yeah. they're not going to get the same, exactly. um, you know, yeah. visual expression of what we're seeing. But yeah. no, thank you. Sorry, Andy. I think, I think Andres, um, <clears throat> and correct me if I'm wrong here, Andres, I think you take it easy on the car boutique. I, th I think, I think, I think, I, I think you realize that we're, yes, we've got pro detailers, we've got brand owners and everything, but I, I haven't, I haven't seen anything that I, I, I would say is, is aggressive. I, I know what you're referring to. And I think it only, I think to say that you're aggressive, I think the, the, the interpretation of an aggressive post isn't necessarily what you're saying is this, the reactions of other people to what you're saying. And that's almost when it gets aggressive. You know what I mean? Because if you actually look at what you're doing, you're making recommendations, you're putting caveats, you're, you're explaining exactly specifically hard facts, a scientific sort of uh, reason behind it. So, you know, we're going to go I would, on. To I wouldn't the... say I take it easy on the the car boutique. I take mm -hmm. it easy since the beginning of this year because I had like like it was a New mm. Year's resolution that I said told to myself. Well, let's let's try it another way. Let's try to be a bit more passive aggressive, if you want to mm. say, call it like that. Passive aggressive mm. about it. Give <laughs> try to to rephrase the answers I give people in order to to like mm. sort of reach them. So and I'm, I'm doing it in other groups. Them up well with the initial. Yeah. Mm. You soften it's... them up by quickly answering their question, then you hit them hard. <laughs> for example. For example, exactly. And and I also had like that was the epiphany for me. It's all it's all reference and it's all context-based, right? Because mm. I got really aggressive sometimes if if I saw that someone recommended a product and said that's the most hydrophobic product in the world, when I simply know that that isn't true. But if that person only used three products and that is the most hydrophobic he ever used, then he has every right to, to say so. Yeah. And just because I used more products than him um, doesn't give me the right to then like attack him. And that's that's the, 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 the rethinking I got through. And and I tried to do it another way. Now. I can remember us to I'll come to you in a second, George. I can remember us, to, um, Andres. We talked about this about two or three months ago about the whole aggressive response thing. Um, yeah. And I, th I think it's working now. I, I think you're still getting your mm. points across, um, um, which is which, which is nice. George, were you going to say something there? Yeah, I was just <laughs> going to say when you're putting a response back to somebody as well, it's very hard to give emotion to what you're saying because in text, there's hardly any emotion. Yeah. And somebody could be having a bad day or whatever, and they read it and think, bah, you know, but if 
realistically though the answers that you give when you read through them you think wow you know there is detail in here that somebody might just put oh you want to use x product because i've used it whereas you go more into detail and people want it pun intended there as well uh you know that's that's what we like we like to see a good detailed review of something and people who can be new to detailing as well if they read something and think right i've heard of andreas he knows what he's on about they'll really you know, they'd be like a sponge that'll absorb that information. It's funny. Yeah, but then on um, the other hand, you also have to accept that you will never be able mm. to please everybody. So that there are people true. who just want a short answer. There are people who get like, that's the other side. They get really aggressive if you give them long answers and that it's, it's that you have to accept. You yeah, will never yeah. be able to, to please anybody. Plus, we also have, of course, a language barrier because English is not my mother tongue. So You're doing very well. You're doing very well. Uh, just, just um, Yeah, brilliant. <clears throat> I'm just going to ask you, um, you, you mentioned that's not what you're trying to do. What is your, you don't need to do this. You don't need to do all these videos. You've got a, you've got a job. What is your, and we, we discussed this in our third podcast, what drives Steve into detailing, George, what do we get? What, what is your motivation for the amount of effort and time you put into the detailing world it's i don't think i, I don't i don't sense any ego there i don't think you're doing it for no. anything like that but what why why do you spend why are you so focused and passionate about giving as much information to people what what, what drives you andreas because i think that's what a lot of people would like to know we've already mentioned all the the forums you do and all that kind of stuff a lot of time but why why do you do it um, let me answer that question differently. I don't have hobbies. I start, I always start with hobbies, but then I get myself so deep into it that I start realizing a lack, a lack of something, lack of information, lack of training, lack of, lack of education, lack of product knowledge, whatever it is. And then I try to, to make the world a better place one hobby or one industry or one field at a time it happened to me with my dog i got myself a dog as a prevention for a um, burnout syndrome because i knew i will be working a lot when i started my company so i got myself a dog because it forces mm -hmm. me to get out and spend time with him and then i got myself into to the german shepherd the swiss german shepherd kennel club Mm -hmm. and started doing work there and it's it's the same with detailing it started as a hobby then i saw a a lack of information on matte paint and then it developed into helping others um getting a better knowledge and it's always the same with me i i see that i can make something better and then i want to <laughs> do it it's a deep try to, to make something better it's it's just that <laughs> I, I was gonna i was gonna say that steve this resonates with conversations we've had about what drives i can't you believe it like I, I bought a dog. You we do need a to meet spaniel. up and have a, have a pint. <laughs> yeah, we, well, I bought I bought a cocker spaniel to take out for when I go out picking up and I do some shooting. Um, again, I wasn't happy with just shooting. I then had to go the whole hog sniper right right into it. I just can't. That I'm the same. I bought a dog just for picking up. So what did I learn? I learned how to train my dog and self-taught myself because I didn't think I was going to get the service that I wanted. So I learned how to train dogs for picking up and you know beat i'm the same we, i can't help it uh, model 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 cars i didn't just want to get a model car i then had to start racing model cars yeah, exactly. i then had to start i, I i'm that person it's funny you mentioned shooting because um i think two years ago it got so bad with me not having hobbies i actually started recreational shooting 
um, because I said, I need a hobby and it's just a hobby. I have to force myself now to not start offering beginner courses for shooting in Switzerland because <laughs> I don't think there are really good ones. And I have to force myself not to get into competitions or, or join clubs because I said, it's a hobby. It's just a hobby. You go there, you shoot a little bit, and then you come. You could do paintballing. You could do because that—that's two uh, two birds one stone, isn't it? Really shooting guns. <laughs> we should do that. We should get Team TCB. Um, we'll go paintballing against the Sonax team. No, no, we've, we've no, got a, no. we've got a lot of Andy, military training there. <laughs> Andy, I'm nearly four foot tall, uh, six foot four tall, four foot wide. Just hide behind I'm getting you, here Steve. all day long. <laughs> yeah, we're hiding behind. <laughs> You're an easy target, yeah. So, so, yeah. It's, it's really refreshing to hear an open, honest answer there. You actually, so you, so you actually get enjoyment out of helping other people. Exactly, and it's 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 That's really nice I mean, to hear. It that. sounds better than it is. It's it's really if nice. if we're honest, it's rather an an egoistic point of view because I, as you said, I get enjoyment out of seeing that I make something better than it was before. Mm-hmm. And I'm, 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 I mean, we have to be realistic about everything that I do. It's, it's on a small scale, and every single training I do in Switzerland, when someone comes to me who already is a professional, um, does that detailing, but but training with more knowledge. And and I mean, the, the best example is always polishing. They come, they already, they think they know what they're doing, and they leave with a better technique, which gets them. Better results in a shorter amount of time, and that's that's the perfect example of of what I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. I think that resonates with all of us, doesn't it? Yeah. Within the business, I'm not in this for a monetary value. I'm yeah. I'm in this business because I actually yeah. thoroughly it's my hobby, and it's yeah. now more than a hobby. Like you've just mentioned, I've gone down the rabbit hole. I keep asking mm-hmm. why. Why? Not to anybody else, or maybe I do. I ring up Jay or Ollie or Andy or Joy or, or anybody. But why? I need to know. But why? I need to know the answer. So that's it's why exciting. I buy more kit. To, yeah. yeah, I buy more kit, not more products, more kit to help me get to that answer. Um, with throwing up, yeah, all the different and again variables. Um, but yeah, no, I'm going off on a tangent again. Bring it back in, Andy. You have to stop okay. me tonight because I could talk to Andrea for about four hours. <laughs> I don't have time limitations. So what 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 amazes me, Andreas, is is I've I've I I I don't stalk you, but I read read pretty much all your reviews and all your blogs and everything. That's um, is, hard, yeah. is how much you know about brands. I'll give you a perfect example. I've seen um, when you've answered your questions, you'll give them a short answer and then you'll go through, um, you know, let's loads of questions about wax. You'll look at, you'll recommend some that are, are more focused on hydrophobicity. You'll do some that are more yeah. show wax with uh, high beeswax content and all that kind of stuff. But the brands you recommend are small to massive. Yeah. I, for example, I saw you recommend um, Detail Bug uh products and them you know um rachel doing a fantastic job um with her with the brand there and and you recognize that but then there's the huge ones the g technic the 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 and all that kind of stuff how 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 have you gathered so much information because you seem you seem to know pretty much all the brands and whenever anyone puts a specific product you you just seem you just seem to be there and you've got the knowledge and the credibility to back it up i mean do you live and breathe detailing are you constantly reviewing are you constantly scanning the market for new products essentially the question is 
how have you generated so much information in your head? Because yeah. I want to plug a USB drive into your head and take it all away with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we, several ways of answering this. Um, I mm. think it's a personal trait. I, I, With everything I do, I don't stop at page one of Googling. Um, it was the same when I got into shooting. Um, I asked myself, what's the best scope for my rifle? So I started re researching and then I got all those um, sources telling me about the difference between a scope and a red dot side and a prismatic side and what the advantages are. And then I become an, an yeah, well, let's call it an expert in, in a field in a rather short amount of time. So I think it's, it's a personal trait on the one side. On the other side is we do at least one new video per day on our German channel. So we have to really? do a lot of testing. Yeah, it's one video. Is, per is that day. recording, editing on wow. YouTube? Yeah. Wow. Whoa. It's one That's video awesome. per day. Yeah. So we test, we have to test a lot in order to do that. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, the short answer to your question is by spending a lot of time, a lot of money. Um, yeah. In order to buy and <laughs> test those things, yeah. Mm. And, no, and I, 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 always, I always was a guy that said, well, yes, there are the big brands and they are doing a good job, but they're also the small guys, the small brands. And they probably also have fantastic products. And yeah. more often than none, mm. it's, it's the case that they do have. I was going to say, do you think that some of the bigger brands sometimes can lose what the um if they've got a customer base do you think they can lose that because they've already got it whereas a smaller company if they're trying to get out there they take more passion into what they're doing i think that's one side of it the other side is and and that's something i learned when i got involved with sonex bigger brands have to think about more things when they, for example, put chemicals into, into a bottle, they have to think about the stability of those bottles when they ship them around the world. So, mm -hmm. yes, they know that, the, that their spray trigger heads, for example, are not the best, but they know they are chemically resistant and they are stable even if the, the box gets turned and dropped into the ground. Um, it's material safety, it's user safety, it's user friendliness, it's material safety data sheets, it's availability around the world. So those bigger brands have to do compromises in product performance mm. in order to be being able to sell those products worldwide. So mm. I, I think, yes, it's it's maybe a little bit losing focus on, on the customer base, but it's also a lot of other things. Mm. I heard yeah. that same thing with um, Auto Glim. Auto Glim yep. said we would love to be, you know, bang another product, bang another product. Yep. But when we get a product in mind or somebody releases these, for instance, a spray and rinse, that's 18 months before yep. somebody like Auto Glim can put that out because of the testing. Yep. And again, being all over the world and the bottles and, and everything, they can't exactly. just on the fly and do it on the exactly. hot. It's they, 18 they to have... two years. Exactly. A smaller brand maybe tests it in their local market, but those bigger brands have to test them in all the different environments and uh, climates. They have to make sure, for example, they have to put those chemicals into a bottle and, and put it into a shelf for a certain amount of time in order to check whether the, the chemical eats itself into the bottle. Um, they freeze those chemicals in order to see if they still work when they got frozen up and all those things. Um, and that's, I mean, that's, that's Sonex, that's Autoglare, that's Maguire's all the big yeah. brands do that and I mean the funny thing is 
you often get slated if you are a big brand, if if your products are available at Whole Foods or or, or similar stores. But yeah, the amount of work and stuff you have to 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 do to get there is incredible. Mm. Mm. And it's mainly needs of use and 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 being able to giving consumers a product with which they probably can't do anything yeah. wrong. And it's it's actually not easy to develop products in mm. that way. <coughs> Have you ever been in a Halfords? Sorry, Guns. Have you ever been into a Halfords? Do you come over to the UK much? Not yet. I'm planning to do the, to come to Wexstock for the last few years, but I think next year will be the first time. I was going to ask you at the end if you're planning to go to Wexstock actually, because yeah. it would be no, great to meet you in person. Year, maybe but... next year. Yeah, it's, it's it's quite interesting what we were saying about the smaller brands because um, the the the, the was basically um, started off by going looking at the smaller brands um, and. We've sort of maintained that focus. I mean, there's some brands you might have heard of, Alien Magic, Maldeep. They're all, you know, relatively new brands, okay? And we've, um, you know, given a lot of focus on them. And we, we're we we're almost um, deliberately putting the brakes on our development because I could go and do, or um, any of the TCB guys could go and do a built, built Hamba review on YouTube. I did one, yeah. 14,000 views, bang, yeah. straight away. Yeah. I could go and chase the numbers and everything, but we, we, we yeah. don't. We listen to what people want. We love it when a new Steve gets bombarded daily um, with new brands and um, reaching out to us um, and all that kind of stuff. And I, I sort of like I like that angle. Yes, we looked at the we look at the big stuff like Car Pro and all that kind of all the bigger brands and everything. But I, I like that, and I, I think Steve was alluding to it earlier. I like that personal touch the smaller brands have got. But it, like you were saying, Andres, it does get to the point whereby the the brand gets so big that they can't maintain that one to one picking yeah. up the phone mm-hmm. every time. But then yeah. you've got economies of scale and you've got benefits of a larger company as well which is which is quite interesting but then on the other hand what what is frustrating about recommending and promoting smaller brands is you never know if they will be around in in a few weeks time that's the frustrating part because you you like you help Hmm. them develop their business you push them by giving recommendations and then suddenly they are not available anymore. Yeah. And then you have to like change the recommendations. It happened, it's, so, it's happened a lot. I think well into double figures in yeah. the last two years, the brands yeah. that have gone, especially some of which we have repeat. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough market, especially through after lockdown. I think a lot of businesses have suffered and with the inflation as well, yeah. the cost of chemicals and everything, they can't compete. Mm. Can I just ask, Andreas, in um, Austria, you know, Germany and on all these yep. places, do you have little, let's call them bougie, detailing yeah. brands or we would they them, not survive we we have them but not even close to the amount that you have in the uk it's not even close mm. and again you would, because... you would recommend <sighs> not on the top of my head i will shoot you okay. a message afterwards maybe, maybe perfect you want thank to you try some, but not not on the top what, what so yes. what are your thoughts what are your thoughts with so many brands in the uk market because um, I, I've got my opinion. <clears throat> um, I, I have to, yeah. I've got quite a strong opinion on it. I don't, do I want to vocalize <laughs> it? Um, there's good and bad. There's good and bad. Um, but what's it is? It is strange how some survive and some don't. And we've we've discussed this on podcasts about they've got to have a USP. There's loads of variables that goes into yeah. a successful business. Mm. In fact, I actually looked at your Detail Freaks um, blogs on setting up a business and marketing. Yeah. Uh, and, and you get asked that question a lot, don't you? There's so many people yeah. saying, I've lost uh, customers. What what can you do? Yeah. And you constantly yeah. send them to that. It's a brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. If anyone um, <clears throat> wants to get any idea about running a business, 
go in and check it out. I'll put links in the comments below and all that's, that kind of thing. That's what I actually studied. <clears throat> so I studied marketing. Yeah. So that's that's a, one field I think I can give back to people. Yeah. Just yeah. on that, Andy, mm. just touching on that, and I think we're probably going to explore that with Andres. Mm. I know you were saying there's positives and negatives. Um, I love the idea of the competition of the smaller businesses. And I know they will never be able to own a chemical plant because that's millions of pounds of setup. But when they do go down reaching out to these bigger brands, you know, these white labelers, I just hope that they make it personal because yeah, you can change all the percentages and colors and scents and everything. As long as they make it set, you know, personal, I've I've recently had some products delivered to test and review and I'm honestly going to struggle because they've (laughs) not even changed it. I I know who they are. (laughs) And, And again, I'm not bothered yeah. where they come from, but yeah. make it personal, stand out, because I can tell you here and now, it won't go any further. And that's a real shame because I want these local companies, uh, you know, to survive, to thrive. I really do. Absolutely. But, yeah. you know, sorry, that was, again, <clears throat> me. So, I think I have I have pretty much the same views as you guys have. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about negativity, and, and th- there are two ways looking at it. If you want to look at it in a negative way, you could say... There are too many brands, too many products, too much fierce competition, too much marketing nonsense, too many brands lying to consumers, not enough regulation, too many people jumping into the professional side of things. That's the negative view. You can also look at it in a positive way saying we as consumers have an incredible amount of choice of brands and products and every one of us will find a product that suits him or her. Um, we have a healthy amount of competition between the brands, which probably stimulates innovation and generally creates better products. Um, we have initiatives like the IDA, the International Detailing Association, which is trying to improve things in terms of standardization and certification. So there are two ways of looking at it. And um, we can also look at it in, in a realistic way, I would say. And realistically, objectively and without emotions i would say the the state of the detailing market is the same as in every other market on on the world right now there are too many brands doing similar or same things offering most of the times copycat or white label products mm-hmm. and it is not sustainable that we have so many brands so there there will be and there have to be brands which are dying i mean mm-hmm. we, we we have some I personally think that the the UK market is a fantastic example of brands which are innovative in what they do, like especially Infinity Wax and Garage Therapy. I think they are doing things a bit differently in terms of the chemicals. Um, Labo Cosmetica is another one from Italy. Um, Sonex is is doing, I mean, that's a bit of an an advertisement, but Sonex is doing a lot of stuff in terms of ingredients, using ingredients which are not harmful. Um, Stianagloss is is another brand I really like because they focus heavily on simplicity, which is not something a lot of other brands are doing in, in that Jack is intentionally not bringing out, for example, a tire cleaner and insect remover because he says... I have first. I have a pre-wash which does exactly that. Well, he That's deliberately, he, he deliberately, the start then said there's only going to be about X amount in his range, wasn't he? Right exactly. at the start. Exactly. Mm. And, and, he, then and he's on kept the other hand, that. yeah, exactly. And that's that's also recommendable. And then we have brands which don't get the attention they deserve or don't get it anymore, like Dodo Choose, because 
pretty much every product by Dodo Juice I try, I have to say, they are really, really rather good. I, for example, tried and, and did a test video on Iron Gloss. It's, it's not come out yet, but that product has been around for years and it's a fantastic polymer sealant, mm -hmm. but gets, doesn't get the, the recognition in the market that it should. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think... We don't, we don't, we don't really see a lot of marketing these days from Dodo Juice, do we? We seem to have Cav, who's probably one of the best yep. front men out there. Uh, yep. He's brilliant. You just, Definitely. yeah, I mean, yep. yeah, we can, uh, George. George is our Cav. They you know there's Cav's our George. <laughs> he's right there, look. Um, but you're right. Dodo Juice has been around so long, but I don't really hear enough about them. Mm. You, you always wow. go for me towards the Stiana Gloss range yep. instead of Dodo Juice because they're yep. more current. Now, you? You know, I, want, yeah. I was only messaging somebody earlier. I think I'm going to grab the uh, yeah. the Black Widow um, wax. Fantastic wax for black cars. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. it's supposed to be brilliant. So it's one that I'm going to grab. And and I don't Oh, I, I've got a couple of the little small ones I've been given. But, yeah, I think that's going to be my first, you know, dojo, you know, 20 mm. odd years in. You know, yeah. George. Oh, first wax, sorry. <laughs> yeah, do you, Andres, do you think that a lot of, uh, you know, buyers get, sucked into buzzwords your ceramic your graphic things like that. yeah Absolutely. and what, what's your view on them do you think they're a bit there's like a bit of myth to some of it because i know a lot of the branding is it's aimed to draw your attention in and it might not necessarily yeah. be you know a graphene yeah. paste wax rumors and myths that's it yeah greek mythology oh no we're not doing that today are we sorry <laughs> I mean that it's it's the one thing that grinds my gears the most in this whole industry. It's the amount of well, let's rephrase that. It's the shocking lack of integrity that some brands show, and it's it really we is a totally shocking lack. I mean, a brand which honestly goes out and tells con consumers that their products contain real graphene when every single chemist and a brand owner tells you that it is physically and chemically not possible to include real graphene into products is it's shocking mm. and it's shocking that they get get away with it mm. it's like them um, whether you know it's it, i get annoyed when i see and and this is where i feel sorry for the 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 newbies in the industry they'll see graphene graphene qd and they yeah. think they're ceramic they're, they're putting a graphene coating on their car exactly. they're not. and 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 i've seen a few studies graphene by people shampoo Exactly. The latest example was the mm. the auto finesse graphene filler liquid wax, I think it's called. It it won the um the liquid wax sealant shootout by John from the Forensic Detailing Channel. Mm. I actually tested it the last couple of days and it is a shockingly bad product. <laughs> and they actually write on the back of the bottle they they, they say it contains graphene. And then they go ahead and say graphene is a hundred times stronger than steel. They write that on the bottle, and that's that's wow. such a shocking it's, lack of integrity. Graphene is just a, a it's just a, a carbon matrix, isn't it? It's so, it's. it's <clears throat> I mean, yeah. shocking. There should be some sort of governing body which prohibits that. It I was going to talk to you. Sorry, I was going to. I'll come back to you in a second, George. I was going to talk about that. Um, and I've been. I'm. I'm. I've been detailing for twenty years. I'm not. I'm. I'm only into it passionately in the last few years. So I'm. 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 I'm massively learning, etc. But it already stinks. Uh, it says to me, 
that and you've alluded to it there needs to be some kind of regulation yep, longevity absolutely. claims with reference to what there is no benchmark reference to claims is there you know nope. do we just do we have to say it's got to be done with a i don't know a ph neutral um shampoo and yep. 10 washes is that the norm I, I i don't know how you can regulate it but it's a huge industry and it beggars belief that there's some it's kind of regulation simple. already Mm. It's act it would actually be simple. Create some sort of standardized test which all the manufacturers have to follow them. It, it would be rather simple. I just yeah. think that, that some brands don't want to do that because it's simpler to just put a claim of eight to ten months on the bottle and then um get the customers who believe that. Mm. We mm. we've had some we 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 we've had some quite heated discussions on the carboteak whereby someone said a longevity claim and then three or four people have actually gone and said, well, I haven't, I, I haven't got that out of the product. And then there's a the whole discussion about different yeah. variables, different user experience. But yeah. it can really, really cause some quite aggressive arguments, can't it? They Steve, happened to me, you, Andy. You know yeah, yeah well, I mean, it happened to me, not just on, you know, the set brands that I know you're thinking about, Andy. But because I do, Andreas, uh, around 100 to 150 miles per day, up the yep. motorways and, and across the Cotswolds, yep. I've been testing sealant six October and I've yep. done them in sort of rounds of four or five. You might've seen some of them come up. Um, you talked about I, that with Becky and Paul, right? Yes. I've, yep. you know, alluded on that and thought I'm, I'm getting eight weeks. It's right yep. on the bottle. Exactly. 12 months. Exactly. I, I get eight weeks and, yep. and I started to panic mail. I'm doing something wrong. I've applied it wrong. Drove myself into knots, drove myself up the wall, spent a night researching, reading, you know, everything as you can imagine. And I spoke to a couple of formulation chemists and he went, those products you're talking about are water-based sealants, aren't they? I said, yeah. He said, so you're doing around 2,000 miles a month in all conditions, in salt, in traffic, film, and I think it's done all right. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. And if Spotify, yeah. if you didn't see that, I'd shake it. Yeah. Um, I was, <laughs> sorry, you think that's all right? Yeah. yeah. You've, done, you've compressed. 12 months into a normal person. Exactly. exactly. Three months yeah. you know, the, or two months. Yeah. A lot of the branding, not... though, can steer consumers to make, think they're making a mistake when they're doing nothing wrong. I know there's a wax out there that is a ceramic and graphene-infused one that gives 12 months. No, mm. it really doesn't. But if, you, if somebody buys it and they think, I'll get 12 months, put it on the car and it's dead after three... Yeah, they're going to be disappointed. And exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then, I mean, we talked about what drives me, what motivates me. It's exactly that preventing disappointments, because mm -hmm. there are manufacturers out there. Like, I mean, we can name them. Swiss Wax puts out a wax that claims to hold up for two years, being Canuba based. It's wow. ridiculous. It's mm -hmm. absolutely ridiculous. And then Sam's Detailing puts out a liquid wax. Um, claiming to hold up for eight to ten months, it's mm. it's impossible. I mean, there's do, only do one wax. Point? Sorry, Andy. <clears throat> I was going to say oh, there's Steve. only one wax. There's only one wax that I've ever tested. And Andreas, I would love to if you would inbox me, please. Sure. If one of your yeah. longest sure. lasting, but I've only one wax that's only ever, ever yeah. one week short of twelve months. And I know what you're going to say. Well, it's not actually a wax. That's Synergy Wax from Infinity Wax. Yeah. It's awesome. one of the best holding the only up one. Yeah. Uh, but I, I can I think I can better you. 
there is <laughs> I would one love and to is, hear it. There's one and is it is available in the UK. I will message you because then it's a surprise for you viewers. Yes. Oh. I, won't <laughs> I, I thought you were going to be talking about food or something no, like that. I won't spoil it for you. No. I believe I know what he's going to tell me, and I believe it's got three letters in the name. No. Has it got four oh. letters in it? <laughs> is it four letters? No. Oh, no. Uh, no, I'm excited to know. But yeah, yeah I am. Uh, even I am. Uh, Soft 99. Uh, I mean, I bit my yeah. teeth on those. Fuso, mm. the old Fuso. I never got yeah. five months, but Fuso's Achilles heel, contact washing, yeah. ruins it. And it's yeah. so sticky. It yeah. attracts dust. But do I still use it? Have I got loads of... Yeah, loads of it out there. I love it. It's, it's part of my, my... I've maybe got 110, 120 now waxes. I'm in awe of your collection. Let me just say that. Sounds like I'm right, Kiss. I'm right, we're Kiss ass tonight. Steve, we're going to talk about that at the end, and I'll, I'll explain why we're going to talk about his wax collection. Okay, okay. Just, just, just that we mention it for the viewers. If you're looking for a wax with durability, don't buy a wax. That's Correct. what I always tell people. Yeah. Don't get a wax if you want durability. Get for go yeah. go for a sealant or a ceramic coating. If durability yeah. is all you care for, yeah. a wax is not for you. I know you like it as well, Andres, uh, Andres. I'm really still loving it after six months. In fact, Steve put me onto it. Is the ADBL synthetic spray wax? Yeah, um, I absolutely love that product. Okay, I've just yep. dropped it in there. Okay, I'm not it's, getting paid for promotion. It's but the, brilliant probably product. the most durable and most hydrophobic, hydrophobic. spray sealant you can buy. Yeah, <clears throat> it's absolutely. bloody brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, mm. best, best best thing ever. Steve doesn't give me much, but you know. He, he, he <laughs> oh, stop! <laughs> I'm, I'm lying. I'm lying. He's a very generous man. Just quickly going back to an, on, on one move, Yvonne. Uh, are, are organisations like the IDA and all that are they are they focused on getting some kind? Are they on board with the whole regulation piece? Because I think I think um, there needs to be a a driving force behind this. It's fair enough. All as it and um, Andreas, I agree. You've got more influence um, over. Um, you know uh, the industry than than we have, but is is this a current conversation? Is it a current conversation, or is are we going to be talking in twenty years that we're still getting false advertising? We're still getting people getting very very defensive. There's no regulation, or do you think things are going to get to a point whereby something needs to be done? I'm not I'm not inside the the IDA, so I don't have an inside view on them. I think they want, but then again, I personally don't think that the IDA as it is built right now is the correct organization for doing it because there are too many differing interests in there combined mm -hmm. in there based on um, the people which uh, who run mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. all the people who run it have their own brands they are employed by yeah. brands they it's it's not necessarily the the, the vehicle to do that <clears throat> no yeah it might need no. to be somewhere else plus, uh, plus let's let's uh, let's look at it from another point of view um I personally think that detailing Okake as a whole will lose a bit of importance in the next few years. Because if you, if you look at it from a political, geopolitical, environmental point of view, everything that has been done in the last couple of years and months has been done in order to drive us away from an emotional connection to the car. We have electric cars, which are by nature less involving and less emotional. We have the trend that we don't buy cars anymore. We lease or rent or share them. Um, we have um, regulations which force the manufacturers to make smaller 
engines with less cylinders and turbochargers instead mm -hmm. of those big, large, heavy V8s and V12s we also like so much. So mm -hmm. everything that's done is, is done in order to drive us away from an emotional connection to the car because they realize that they will not be able to get us to a point where we do what is right, um, which is go for differing or alternatives, alternative um, ways of moving about. If we have an emotional connection to that thing, we won't move away from it. And if you have less of an emotional connection to your car, you will care for it less. And, and who is going to invest the time and money and effort into keeping it clean? Mm -hmm. That's why I think as a whole, the detailing industry will probably get less importance and will shrink in the next couple of years. Um, and having said that, that will probably solve a few things because brands will die, especially, and unfortunately, the smaller ones and maybe it's 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 shrinking to a more healthy level then and hopefully that will solve a few things in terms of brands having to be more honest and fair and show more integrity in what they do they do that i could be completely wrong but that's no. that's my point that's really view. interesting that george steve what do you think about that yeah. i found that very insightful actually that was um yeah it is yeah and it's it's slightly not detailing related this but it is on par with what you were saying um i heard the other day about uber uber don't make any money any profit they're yep. in debt because uber is planning for the future because uber pay drivers and what uber are putting money into is to have yep. driverless cars to make more profit which like you're saying is less involving because even you know your taxi drivers I've seen them before with a bit of SRP, you know, polishing up the taxi yeah. and <laughs> kill a lot of it off. But yeah, so <laughs> rabbit hole. No, no, no. <laughs> what, what do you think about what Andres just said, Steve? Because I found that really insightful, actually. No, no, no. I'm with you 100%. Um, it's trying to take the emotional side out of it. Um, everything's going that way, isn't it? Saying that, and then you yeah. just hear, uh, yeah, Lamborghini have brought out uh, an electric or hybrid. Um, it's not, I don't even know how, Rialto is it or something, I think? Yeah, it's still a V12 though, isn't it? So it's still, still a V12, but it's got the electric it's motor. Probably, but... I think it's probably the last car, the last new car with a V12 we'll see. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Yeah. Mm. Right. Yeah. I'm going I'm, well, to ram in some um, fast fire questions now, Andreas. I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> okay. Now I don't I don't know if you're privy to these questions, but I'm just gonna go. Okay. I mean you, you uh, knew what you got yourself into when you invited me. So no, no, short answers that's no, no, a this, difficult this one. Good. Okay. <laughs> um right, what's the biggest myth in detailing? Ingredients making products better. It started with Canuba and Canuba content. I mean, that's a discussion we had in the group today, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Swisswax claiming 81% Canuba content when no one knows what 81% 80, of yeah. I think that conversation is still going on as well, isn't it? <laughs> it, it, started with, it started with Canuba, then it was Nano, then it was Polymer, then it was Ceramic, then it was SiO2, then yeah. it was graphene. Now it's starting to develop into carbide, and it's yeah. it, there will be another thing in a, in a few months' time. The belief that ingredients make products, and I think I wrote that in the, the Pro Detailers Magazine article, Yes. Great products are great products, and it doesn't matter what's in there. We, mm -hmm. we should all stop focusing so much on ingredients. 
A great that, blender that, will make a great product independent of what's in there. I encourage everyone to go and have a look at that Pro Detailer YouTube video you did, okay? Because it basically, although you were um, testing um, your two um, unknown waxes and, and putting them through all the tests, um, there's lots of good, really good educational discussion points around it, okay? So um, I'll put a link to that in there. Um, most common mistake in detailing? Using too much. Too much yeah. cleaner, too high concentration concentration ratios, too much wax, um, using too much. That's probably the most common mistake. What's your preference? Hard hard paint or soft paint? Doesn't matter. It's George. the most important Ooh. lesson in that was paint polishing. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Every paint job is different, every polishing job is different. I mean I love hard paint because it's easier to finish on. And then I love uh, soft paint because it's easier to get the defects out. It doesn't matter. Every polishing job is different. Mm -hmm. I have no preference in that. So if I ask you what's your preference between a hard wax or paste wax and a liquid wax, you're not going to give me paste the answer. Wax. Oh, you did. I paste thought you'd wax. say, well, you know. Always what, what, paste wax. Okay. Always I'm, I'm, paste I'm with wax. You on that one. I'm with you on that one. I am with you on that one. Apart always from experience. And an always, experience. always the bigger pots, not the the smaller panel pots, because small wax pots into small wheelies. There, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. You can't get your pad in. That's what you meant. <laughs> Wet it first. But suddenly, me, Steve, and George are ordering the biggest pots of wax we can. <laughs> you know, you know which was the biggest ever make pot. Was it a Zymo one? Was it a Zymo one? I, I think it's the, it was the, the Dodo Chews. I'm not sure yeah. if it was a an April Fool's joke or if it was an actual wax. They had like a Prince Philippe the Third thing where they had a, a whole vase of wax with four liters of wax or something in it. Wow. I think they were the, the biggest one, yeah. They probably I'm did it. Good. I would believe Dodo Juice would do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no more Dom and PJ like they would have done it, wouldn't they? Yeah. They just would. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, we all know Mr. Skittles. I mean... Come, come on, <laughs> they're shot away. Okay, question for the newbies. Uh, newbie coming into the industry, what's the best way a new person can learn about detailing? I love how he thinks about it. You know what he's going to say is going to be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That's why I don't mind leaving the pause. It's all, the, all the information you need is out there. The difficult part is identifying which is the good, the right, the correct information. And I mean, the, the main tip I will give is keep an open mind and accept that detailing is a spectrum. It is a spectrum between getting the car as clean as possible, as quick as possible, in, and you don't care about what you're doing to the car. And then there's detailing in terms of getting the car as perfect as possible, as gentle as possible with the least amount of damage. And everything in that spectrum is correct. If you are happy with running your car through an automated car wash, you are correct. And I think that's that's one thing that we all oftentimes forget. Um, we look at the other part, or the other side of the yeah. spectrum where detailing is that clear path to perfection. But everything in that spectrum is, is correct in that sense. And if you're happy with your results, it doesn't matter how you get there. Steve, <clears throat> Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth, Andres. I don't know why there's such negativity and everything else that goes on with it, because you're right. Somebody, my next-door neighbors, I've spoke about this previously, they wash, clean their car every week. They don't care how they get there. 
But at the end of the day, they've got a clean car and they are over the moon with it. Now they come Mm -hmm. down and talk to me and especially when I'm filming, talk to me. Um, Now I do times in time-lapse, so we ain't got to worry about the sound. I've learned the hard way. (laughs) But now they come in. Before they were like, oh, no, 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 no. You know, now one of my neighbors has been and bought uh, uh, Maguire's hybrid ceramic, you know, the the spray and rinse. Um, One of them's come down the other day and picked up some uh, Autobrite tire dressing. So they're, they're, you know, they're genuinely, but it doesn't matter what you're just saying. How they get into it, they literally want to get the car from dirty to clean. And it's about it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's about and, being supportive. And, and I said, it doesn't matter if you read a book, watch videos, visit a training course. There are fantastic sources out there, but keep an open mind and don't just trust one source. Correct. Always look Correct. at different sources. If, yeah. yeah. If anything, as well, making mistakes, you learn from them as well. Yep. Yes. Absolutely. That's, that's an important part. Just don't polish a mad car. That's, an, uh, that's <laughs> no <a> mistake. <laughs> Next one for you, Andreas. What is missing? What product or accessory is missing from the detailing market at the moment? These are really hard questions, Andreas, and you're doing so well. A fallout remover that doesn't stink. Oh, there is one. Oh, oh, oh I will put oh, this. There's um, War Wars. Fallout you better get this right, George, otherwise Andreas is going to be all over you. No, no. <laughs> if, it's, it's chemically not possible. If the, if the one ingredient is in there that causes the reaction, it has to stink. There are acidic ones which which react um, or which remove the, the stuff as well, but you can usually only leave them on the paint for one or two minutes. So they're not so, safe, I would say. What is it? The thioglycolic acid, isn't it? It's the stuff that the stinks. Yeah. That and if that's in there, it has to stink. It's not stink. possible for it to not stink then. I quite like the smell, weirdly. You like <laughs> No. <laughs> the well, every one of us is strange in a certain way, so. That's yes. very kind of you to say, so. <laughs> <laughs> I've, 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 I'm, my degree, I'm not dropping education stuff, but my degree was in psychology, and, and I can always remember um, a couple know. of other training courses I've done. Um, is everyone's got their own map of reality, okay, their own perception of the world, okay, and that is brilliant for conflict uh, resolution. When you're having an argument, and that's why I get frustrated when I see breakouts of arguments on detailing forums. Hence, why we closed. Um, I left most of them, and, and we've we've done our own one. Um, is that that people just need to step back and realise that people, you know, if people had an experience, that's what they they think is right. Yep. Have a have a discussion. Yep. Okay, don't get so angry. I'm going to come into yep. the the emotional side of it. I'm just going to quickly talk about a couple of things. We're going to go for another. 17 minutes is that all right so one and a half hour podcast is everyone happy with that steve yeah, yeah. Are we, am i allowed another 20 minutes steve i uh, no, i could go and it sound like a real fanboy here for hours I could, <laughs> yeah absolutely, absolutely. I can relate. so um, andreas your wax collection um, yeah talk to us about this wax collection because i saw a picture of it and it is absolutely ridiculously large um i, I stopped counting I intentionally stopped counting, and I will never, ever, ever count how much money it is worth. I will never wow. do that because it's a scary number. Um, yeah, it's why it's. Do you, why it's, do you collect waxes though? Do you use them, or do or do you, are you ninety percent of them? I use yes. Really? I mean, there there are some some true collectors pieces, um, mainly some older Dodo Choose ones or or HB Sauce ones, which I'm a huge fan of. I, I mean, you too, Andreas. Andreas, we're on the list. We're on the list for the um, hot hot stuff wax hot that stuff Hugo wax. just released. Because yeah. I, I was making sure I was on it because I asked one. I saw your name as well. And I thought, yeah, he's after his Hugo wax. <laughs> I've got yeah. I've I've got three or four bespoke. I've had done 
for me personally. Well, you um, got and me we've into had it, one, didn't you, Steve? You got yeah. me into it, absolutely. The, they're just yeah. something out. It's, it's just I mean, a, it's, uh, it's for me. Let, let, let me answer it differently. Mm. For me, waxes are the single most emotional product there is in, in car detailing because exactly. they are presented in a nice way. So, let's say most of them smell nice, except for the Synergy wax, which really stinks. Um, <laughs> yes. You mentioned there, Steve. Um, Fuso, yeah. yeah fu fu I think Synergy stinks more than, than Fuso. Yeah, mm. it's... Yeah. Uh, it's a stinker, that one. So Hopefully. most of them are presented nice. They smell nice. And then there's the way you apply them. You have the feeling that you, like, massage it into the paint. You get to know every angle and curve yeah, there intimate. is on your car. And then the moment, I mean, it's all a placebo effect. But when it hazes up and then you you wipe over it with a towel yeah. and then you, you see the glossy surface there, um, it's, it's an emotional journey. And no other product category has ever given me that. And that's the, the reason I collect them. I just like the way they're done. Plus, I always have the feeling that they are a living, breathing thing and product of someone who put his heart into making mm. them. We have got, just before yeah. I go, we, we have got a little present for you. Um, this is, this really? is one of yeah, so we'll be sending this one to you. This is this was um, we commissioned um, Hugh, um, uh, Hugo to do this. This is our Ooh, Christmas wax. It I don't have the, that one. No, you won't. No, this is very very special, and there's only one of twenty in the world. Uh, in fact, this look how is, close he's got to the screen. Fact, <laughs> I'm looking over to that one. You're getting number one, the first Ooh, one. Right. No. So, um, I will. I will send you that. Um, it's, it's just thank you so, so much, our, guys. Our way of saying thank you. Um, we Steve commissioned um, someone to do another wax. If we can get hold of one of them, we'll send that as well. Um, and I know Steve's working on one this year, and I'm working on one this year. So we'll just um, we share your passion for waxes. Um, use them if you want, or store them. Um, but um, thank you so, so much, guys. For, for, just uh, I really appreciate that. that. Um, Andreas, uh, just to touch on something, I'll, I'll, I'll speak to you out outside of this, or whatever, but. Trust me, something's coming which might not never happen again. So, this is going to be something else, and it might be um, me as well. So, <laughs> very good. I'm I'm working with uh, um, with Hugo on something else as well, which I know you guys will like. Good, Ooh, excellent. I love the sound. Right. So um, now we've got the nice bits. I'm going to get into a more contentious subject. Okay. We've still got about uh, 13, 14, 15 minutes. Oh, we'll, we'll go on for as long as we want. Um, <clears throat> something that is, I won't go into too much detail, a lot of negativity in detailing at the moment. Um, myself and Andres talked about it. We're not going to necessarily mention the forums or where it's sort of coming from, but why? I mean, it, it, it would be naive of me to think that everyone in the detail world can get on. Okay. But there's lots of um friction in the detailing world there's a lot of i'm going to throw some variables in brand loyalty ego um jealousy um lots and lots of negative things going on and uh, which in no way shape or form can be um complementary or enhance enhancing the detailing community um asking you um andres you've been in the industry long enough has it got worse has it always been like this um what's your what's your what, what's what's your feeling and like i say we're not naive enough to think everyone will get on but you've been on the receiving end of a bit of negativity yeah. um yeah. i have steve has george has but you know what what drives it is it is it any industry you're going to get this and what what's your what's your opinion yeah. on it um i know I we think, talked about it earlier yeah. but <clears throat> i think it doesn't matter which industry you look at. If you're deep enough into the industry, you will see those things surface. Mm. So um, 
plus I have a, a I have a different look at it. Oftentimes yeah. I think that words like neg negativity, ego, or brand loyalty, they are m more often than not they are used as finishing moves in discussions when you're not having any arguments left. So then, yeah. uh, if, if you have an argument well, with someone, and then he says, "Why are you so negative about it?" And what do you want to answer to that? So mm -hmm. sometimes I think they these words are used. It, it's especially the ego argument. You always mm -hmm. read that in discussions when 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 people discuss, "Can you apply a ceramic coating to an unpolished car?" And then you you can almost bet money on it that there will be some person who says, "Put your ego to the side and just coat the car." It has nothing to do with ego. Absolutely yeah, yeah, nothing to do with ego. So yeah. I think sometimes those words are just used even if, if they are not correct mm. in that situation. On the other side, yes, there is negativity, but I also think that there always was negativity, but we now <clears throat> see and feel and hear about it um, because of social media. Because mm -hmm. we live in an age um, in which everyone can voice his opinion and get an audience for it. Mm -hmm. So I think it always was there, but we now like realize it more, I think. Mm. What's the, 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 the current one that sort of we've been seeing is, is um, reviewers like myself, like Steve, yeah. like George, arguably like yourself, Andres. Um, I, have, I have experienced my fair share of <coughs> yeah. hate. Yes, I had, I had um, letters written to me um, w with... Where, where people said they, they will react with violence. Mm. Mm. Um, I had emails been sent to my customers from my actual business when some people were unhappy with reviews I did. So mm. I experienced it. And unfortunately, I think that as soon as you step out of your comfort zone and do something a, a little bit publicly, you always yeah. have to... You, you almost have to be sure that you will get some sort of yeah. reaction. You've got to have a thick skin, we, don't you? Yeah, we definitely. Do reviews, yeah. We do. We we do try to tell the truth, which will disappoint some persons. Which um, who, like, yeah, they they have skin in the game. They earn money. They have to like feed their families. And if if they've done it until now under a false promise, and we tell <clears> people that that <throat> product probably isn't as good, well, yes, <clears throat> they will resort to those measures. <clears throat> I mean, what the what we're currently from, a, and I'll talk about the carbotique is that there's a few sort of uh, they're not accusations, but if we're sent free products, okay, we're not going to give an honest review. Um, we we always give um, positive reviews. You never hear anyone um, talking negatively of it. And we've we've had we've done a podcast on it. We've had discussions, and no matter how many times any of us on the carbotique have said. Yeah. I will. Uh, my main driving force is, is um, I, I hate the word social influencer, but I'm cognizant of the fact that I could go and do a review and someone could look at that review and think, oh, great, I'm going to go and buy that. It yeah. would not sit comfortably with me if they then had a totally different um, user experience or exactly. did not get the same results. Yeah. So no matter whether I get um, I, I, 90% of the stuff I pay for myself, okay, um, and it won't influence the outcome. Um, yeah. But it, it's, 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 it's trying to communicate to that people um, and, and some, and some people don't, don't get it is. And I, I've, I've given up now. I, I, I don't care. I don't care. It, people it's, think. it's especially impossible <clears throat> online. Mm -hmm. It's a completely different story. And I had that situation a couple of times when you meet those people, mm -hmm. um, especially last year and this year, I met some of my worst um, critics and it's a completely different situation. 
than if you do it online and anonymously. So, yeah, sounds like it's part of the territory, isn't it? Really, it is. Yeah, and, and, there's I mean, too many variables. Yeah, there are. There are, yeah. and we say and, that and every you, review. Yeah. And to to we your do. point, um, I also personally think it doesn't matter if you buy the product, get it for free, even if you get money for the review. If you're honest about it, you you will be honest about it, mm -hmm. and it's it's a personal decision. It, well, again, I, I personally think it does not change the outcome. Um, if if you're an honest reviewer, you are an honest reviewer, and the way you get those products doesn't matter. Agreed. Yeah, Agreed. on that, Andreas, as you say, there's too many variables, and I know we keep touching on that. Um, any negative feedback I've got because it's negative, my like, and I will rephrase that again. The negativity is my feedback on yeah. my variables. Yeah. So that's one review. So all I can do is give back the feedback of what yeah. I found. How yeah. could I publicly slag a brand off? Because when I applied it, for instance, you know, Andreas, if you apply a sealant or a coating, for instance, it was three degrees. It's going to take so long to bind and cross link. Yeah. And, you know, it's going to have a negative effect if you don't leave exactly. it. And then if it's left outside in the, in the mill, the dew and everything else comes down again it's flawed so why yep. would i publicly say don't buy that it's shite because yep. it it was shite when i used it in my variables unless you're forthcoming and clear and transparent with all those variables then don't bother doing it but you only have to do as andy said your credibility could be ruined if you said yep. that product didn't work for me or it was brilliant but it didn't work for everybody else but then you might have been applying it in 25 degree heat on a white panel. Somebody else, everybody else might have been applying it on a black panel. Yeah. Well, we know that's going to wear out completely different. So yeah, yeah that, that's our standpoint on it. And I believe that's the right way I'm going to carry on doing it. Just yeah. because I've been sent something to free will not deter me from saying I don't like it or showcase it. It will go back to the brand. It didn't work, but it was three degrees. It was moist. Yeah. And humidity was such and such and, and so on and so forth. Um, and if yeah. and if we're honest, it's small things, right? Everyone should be able to do it. Just tell them what your testing circumstances were and be honest about it. I mean, people always think that what we do reviewing and testing is easy. You just go there, apply something to a panel, spray water on it, and that's it. No. It's, it's a bit more no. than that if you want to do it in a good way, especially mm. if you want to be critical about the product and especially if you like publish a video in which you say it's not actually a good product, but you then have to explain why it's not a good product. Correct. How would you give that, Andreas, how would you give that feedback? Because there's, I don't know, we've got eight moderators on the carbon team. We all do video reviews. A question that constantly comes up and we get yeah. criticized for is you never give negative feedback. Um, there, there are mature, sensible, constructive ways of giving negative feedback. I, I do it on my <laughs> video. Steve does it on his. But how... Yeah. Should you, some people just uh, um, just go and do a review and then push it out there on the internet, done. Okay, yeah. and then and, and then see what happens. Some people, I know Steve does, if there's something fundamentally wrong with the product's performance, he will actually directly engage with the, the, the brand, okay, and then have that conversation. Where, where do you stand with it? Do you, th do you think as reviewers we should be fully aware that it is not our job to destroy a product or a brand? We, we need to be aware that whatever we do, if we say negative stuff could influence someone's business and and, and their, you know their um, their income and all that kind of stuff. where do you how do you process or or communicate negative feedback when someone has asked you to do a brand review or a product review it completely depends um if we if we look at a product which performs bad 
compared to what the manufacturer promises, then I, I personally don't think that I have to go back to the brand and um, communicate with them before putting out the review because I have to assume they did their own testing. They put mm -hmm. out those claims um, willingly. And if I find that, I mean, I, today I, we published a video on Sam's detailing ceramic wax. They claim it lasts eight to 10 months. I found that after just four washes with a pH neutral pure shampoo, it was almost removed. So I published that review um, saying, I personally doubt that this wax will last eight to 10 months and I don't recommend it. I think that's fair. If a manufacturer puts out a, let's, let's stay in that category, liquid wax, just saying it will increase a bit of gloss, it will last a couple of weeks. Um, and then I find out it doesn't, then I think I could actually get in contact with the manufacturer because he was not overly aggressive with his claims. For mm -hmm. me personally, that's the line I draw. So when, when a manufacturer puts out ridiculous claims and I find that they are not true, I think it's fair that we as consumers or we as testers tell consumers that. That's, yeah. that's the line I draw. I think you've got to. Otherwise, we're just a sales channel, aren't we? Reviewers are just yeah. a sales channel. Where, where I go in a bit different with this, Andy, as you know, because some of my uh, outlets may be growing in, in numbers, uh, shall we speak, uh, some of the brands I do know reach out now to me are probably trying to get out for advertisement. And on the back of my review, they'll be getting out. And I'm yeah. fine with that. But I explain to every person that drops a product to me or sends one out to me, like I say 90% I buy anyway. We know we, we know I'm a, you know, I do that. Um, mm -hmm. But I tell them that it's not an advertisement. I'm going to use yep. it and I'm going to review it. And I'll yep. give you the detail back personally um and share it if you're happy for me to do that yeah it's and, exactly what yeah. i do yeah but it's some exactly of my testing, the same 14 months um you know synergy like came out ages ago i only just finished one part of the testing well i got it when it first came out and i managed to get one of them to stretch it on one of these vehicles which is not contact washed but it was still there after a decon yeah but where mm -hmm. on my testing because i watched it weekly or bi-weekly on the unprotected side or the unpolished side i got five months on the polished side eight months i mean yep. a three months difference just from machine polishing on one that's not washed 14 months yeah there's too many variables um, as we exactly. said exactly yeah sorry that's the one thing i always tell the brand owners because some of them reach out to me and i always say i can do a review but i do it on my own terms in my own time and you won't have an effect um or you won't influence the results. I will, if you send it to me, I will publish the review, no matter what, even if it's negative. And I have been, put, uh, some some brands then decided to not send it to me. That's completely fine. Some yeah. asked if they can pay money in order to influence the results. And I told them, no, not on the channel we do. I can do yeah. a promotional video for you, for your own channels. And mm -hmm. you can pay me money for that. That's completely fine for me, but oh, not in, not on the, not on the test um mm. not on our channel that's that's a good way yeah do you find that if you get a product and say it claims 12 months and it doesn't yeah. do you get yeah. like missed uh, missed in that buff busting that myth do you find yeah. that you get it's good for consumers isn't it it's more protecting them than the company exactly yeah. i don't get satisfaction out of it it's just that i think Maybe I prevented five guys from buying that product and getting disappointed. And that's, um, yeah. yeah. And the company and needs to be great way. Five guys. Yeah. 
That's yeah, a great way to look upon it. I like the fact that you, you <coughs> say, I can offer you a video to promote it. I didn't think of it that way. This, if that's mm. the way you want to go. Mm. That's a great idea, personally. Yeah. Uh, that's good. That's good. That's because, it. That's I mean, it. I mean, Andy, you, you oh. said it. It All it takes for us, we live, apart, we live from our credibility. And all it takes is one video which we will put out, which is completely false in what we do and what we publish and people will find out all it takes is one video and to ruin our credibility and our credibility is everything we live off i think i, I totally agree with that i think i think the main challenge to that isn't this this is the bit that i find um that a bit you know, it's a bit of hypocrisy here that we're reviewers trying to do um an honest independent review and yes it's a snapshot this is on this day and this temperature and then we want to we want to be able to give feedback, okay, whether yeah. that's um, positive or negative. But then there's almost sometimes a backlash from the actual brand themselves, which is basically forcing us as reviewers almost to try muters. So it sounds aggressive. They're 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 quite happy, and not all of them, not all of them. In uh, no. I work with great brands. Um, they're quite happy to get the exposure and, and we're given a good exposure because we are putting the videos in front of a targeted detailing community. Okay. Yep. But they want to put the shackles on us sometimes, as long as you don't say anything bad. And I'm not even talking about <laughs> money and all that kind of stuff. So sometimes, sometimes the credibility of a D of a reviewer is not necessarily their own integrity. It's the actual pressures they get put on them by the actual brands themselves. If you see what I mean? And, and that comes down to strength of character setting yep. those guidelines like you did at the start address when you actually engage with that process with them okay so and, and it is difficult it is it's, it's a it's a, a balance some get the balance right some don't um and there's some great people out there that do reviews and, and um, it's it's small things and it's easy things as long as you say in the conclusion of a video that's my personal opinion based on my personal testing which i told you about everything is fine the issues start when you put claims out like this is the best liquid wax in the world. Mm -hmm. Finish. Mm -hmm. Th those claims yeah. are difficult. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right, that's one hour, 30 minutes. I'll be honest with you, Andres. We're going to have to do this again in a few months because I could literally, um, I'm sure um, I <laughs> could talk to you. Let's I could it. talk to you for hours. Okay. Um, but I think what we'll do is um, I've just got one more question to ask you um, and then we'll um, call that one. And we can always do a part two. Um, Let's do a part two. I mean, it's... No, I'm serious. We need to. That's yeah. one and a half hours gone. And I've got, I've got all my questions here because um, I, I, I prepare. Um, <laughs> I've, I've been asked, writing more. I've, I've asked about a third of them. So um, <laughs> final, final question, Andres, is where it's a, a, quite a open one. Um, over the next few years, you've all, you've touched on it a bit. Where do you see the, the detailing community um, industry going? Do you think it's going to expand? Do you think it's going to contract? Do you think it's going to fundamentally change? Do you think we're we're past COVID, so now we're back on track? Um, I know you sort of muted uh, your sort of opinion on that earlier, but where where do you, if you could uh, sort of um, tell us what's going to happen in the detailing world in the next few years? So we've got things to look forward to and things to avoid. I will think as a whole, it will probably shrink. We will see mm -hmm. less brands and only the serious brands will survive that, I mm -hmm. think. The brands which are willing to invest in material safety data sheets, in material safety testing, so that their products don't ruin anything. Um, 
the brands which are willing to invest in more R&D in order to find ingredients which are less harmful for us. And like that. that's, that's where I see the industry going. Because on a, on a purely objective performance level, in the last five years, pretty much in every category we look at, um, the products have become incredibly close to each other. Yes, you can nitpick yeah. things like ease of use, and maybe the one product is a tiny little bit more hydrophobic than the other based on um, water contact angles. But from a consumer point of view, and, and especially a beginner point of view, all those products are incredibly similar in their performance. And there, it will be smaller things which decide, as I said, safety for, for, for materials, safety for us consumers, and of course, also branding. Branding mm -hmm. will probably play a more important part in the future than it has already now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If, if gonna... all the products are the same in terms of their performance, um, the, the way they look, feel, smell, and are presented will be will get more important in the future. Yeah, we've, we've actually discussed that um, on a previous podcast about customer service. So many of the um, additional variables other than the product itself is going to, is the only way sometimes, like you say, you can differentiate between two. Mm. I'm going to come to Steve and George in a minute, just for final questions for Andreas. My final question to you, if I may, is what's the future for Andreas? Okay. Have you got anything? Have you going to take a change in direction over the next year or two? Are you going to carry on doing what you're doing now? We've got this new softer version of Andreas. <laughs> <laughs> I, Andy, I, have... I wouldn't, I wouldn't answer that question. I'd say wait for part two. I will just put a teaser out. I have been working <laughs> on two things for the last um, four years now, which I will probably be able to present this or next year yes it will be it will have to do something with waxes putting my 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 huge wax collection actually to use mm -hmm. but that's everything i will say right now how exciting steve any final anything finally to say to andres while we got him currently bearing in mind he's already promised to do a part two and that's, everyone's gonna hear that that's our contract with you, <laughs> so i believe off the back of this i i believe other people were trying to grab him so andy before we finish we need to book that date in yes. immediately um, and i would like to know tomorrow what vehicle i'm going to go down the vehicle what vehicle do you currently own and are you driving i wanted to yeah. know that i'm driving a mini john cooper works the f60 uh, f56 variant that's what i'm looking to buy did you see a my red, labo sorry a, steve a red one did you see yeah. my labo cosmetic review on it yeah, I did. I did see I did was was it a regular mini or was it a clubman? Uh, I In think it was. It was the John Cooper works, but it wasn't the suit. It wasn't the two hundred and fifty brake horsepower one. I think it was. Okay. It was. Yeah, but that lovely cars. Yeah, good, they good are, course. and you can do a lot to them. Um, that's. It's actually. When I got the car, I didn't buy it. I leased it. Um, I started to like. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say modify it. Like. Um, do a few bits and box in terms of the stickers and design because it was for me it was rather boring it was just red red paint uh, red body red uh, red um, roof red mirror caps so everything mm -hmm. red and then I started a bit with um, design wraps and that is something that Tinkering. got me a little bit back into the joy of the cars yeah no, that's call. brilliant thank you anything else Steve now we've got him he's not going until no, I turn the camera off. You're I've, happy. I've, I've, got, 
I've got part two. I've taken some questions down today. Just don't ask me what's the best whatever. I was, <laughs> I, yeah, I was going to, but I'm not going to. I was going yeah. to. Yeah, because it'll be it'll be Sonax, won't it? Just joking. No, right. No, <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not. That was my. I saw a good question today. I can't remember what it was on. It might have been on the cupboard seat, but someone was asking for a recommendation, and you an actually answered um, something along the lines of, "Oh, I should be saying it's um, Sonax BSD, but I'm not. I'm going to recommend anything." Exactly. I love that. And I that love was that my integrity. that was my first condition when Sonax asked me if I wanted to become a master trainer for Switzerland. My mm -hmm. first condition was yes, but only if I can keep being honest about it. That was Brilliant. my first condition. Love that. Because love if, that if they would have, have asked me to, to just recommend Sonex in the future, I would not have done it. Mm, and that's that's the, the beautiful thing about Sonex. They are rather realistic about their products and their performance, and they are open for that. So mm. I'll Brilliant. close you second in a minute, George. I'm um, just about while we're talking about Sonex, um Polymer. Okay, excellent product. Haven't used it for years. But what I will be for um getting in, in contact with you, I've got the Sonex CC. A six ceramic thing, the pack. Yeah, it's the. I think it's the. So I'm going to talk to you on that one um, because I need some advice on that one. So um, we'll talk offline. Polymer net shield. No, I'm going to get some poly polymer net shield. I want to buy some. Any good? I've got the net shield. Yeah, absolutely. The net oh. shield is fantastic for. Um, it's a spray Let on one. Not, yeah, I will not tell you about it. I won't. Uh, I don't want to spoil the experience. Yeah. Let me okay. let, let's discuss after you used it because I oh, have a very very particular and strong opinion about it. But let's yeah. talk about it when. Let's talk okay. about it in part two of the. Oh yeah, Roger. no problem. Excellent. Good, George. Anything to say to Andreas while we've got him? Yeah. So I'm going to be cheekier and ask you two questions. Firstly, <laughs> <laughs> your um, the only way I can describe it is a wax cave. Does it double as a Bond villain bunker? <laughs> That's what it looks like. It does. Let, let's let's say the the guns I use for the recreational shooting are also down there. So let's keep it at that. <laughs> and then secondly, um, do you think that there's any product or products that are underrated in the detailing? Scene? Absolutely, absolutely. Should we leave it at that and talk about them oh. in part two? Oh, yeah. absolutely. Got... There are massively underrated products. Mm. I mean, I also I always um I talked to you about iron gloss by Dodo Choose. If you have not tested that, and Steve, I'm looking at you in regards to sealant, that's an incredibly underrated product. I will look at that and order not, that with the wax. Not uh, you will be surprised, not a typical Dodo Choose product, but I'll leave it at that. Fantastic. Thank you very much. And that's iron juice, you say? Iron gloss, it's called. We can. Iron gloss. <coughs> we'll, we'll keep the cameras. Uh, the, we'll keep the cameras. Uh, the chat room open when we end recording, so we can have a good chat about that. But um, Andreas, <laughs> <coughs> excuse me. That that I was never concerned that you we would be filling in the glam uh, the, the 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 gaps because I know I know we're all we're all talkers here. Okay, that's why. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, it, I cannot believe it's yeah. one hour forty already. Um, I think we just. Um, uh, thank you for letting us a, a, an insight into your your world, really, to get to know the man behind the techs. Okay, really, really, genuinely, uh, really appreciate the time and everything. Um, definitely, let's do this again, um, a part two, um, and we can I really. Um, I will keep it. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you for having me. And um, oh, as I said, it's yeah. it's an incredible honor to be on the show. And um, I still think I'm just a regular detailing guy. So um, 
it was a little bit embarrassing with the red carpet and stuff, but we did discuss that. And I thought, no, I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave it. Um, no, no, I've you're, been, you're... Um, I've been invited on to a couple of, um, you know, guests and I'm just saying, why are they you know, ringing me up? I still don't get it. Deeply humbled by it. Um, we, so, we just, yeah. I mean, Thank at you. the end, that's, that's the one message I want to get across to everyone who is involved in discussions and arguments and negativity and hate. All we do at the end of the day is cleaning cars. We are not making the world a better place. Amen. We are just cleaning Amen. cars. And let's all be a little bit yep. humble about that. That's a great finish. It said is. that before i'm going to leave it at that right ladies and gentlemen um andreas thank you very much um steve george thank you for your time as well we have got lots and lots to discuss in part two so i'll advertise that coming up shortly and um, for everyone listening um it's obviously available on youtube we will be uploading the audio version to spotify as well okay so from all the uh carboteak groupsters who will get value out of seeing this and the uh, carboteak management team andreas thank you very very uh, much indeed um say hello to everyone in switzerland there um share the video share that we we need to go european we need to get europeans um listening to yeah the and show if you, I, I told i told you yeah. uh, to some of you guys and before we started if you ever come to switzerland give me a shout out we have enough space here in my house to accommodate you and um have, very kind of you have a bit of good, a good you. time in detailing i'm coming Perhaps to see it. the wax i'm coming to oh, see oh, the oh, wax okay and you are and i'm You're sure we'll we can find you some accommodation if you come over to the UK. If you're not a wax stock this year, um, try and get next there next year because I'd love next to meet year. you in person and have a really good chat. So yeah. I'm going to run the end credits. Thank you very much for everyone that's part uh, partook on this um, um, podcast. You, and uh, we'll see Andreas in part two coming soon. So take care. Bye. Bye.